Hey there, I'm Krista, your host for the Birding Tools Podcast. Each week, I'll delve into the wonderful world of birds for birding beginners and those wanting to get the lowdown on what goes into bird watching and identifying birds. Let's get started. First, I wanted to remind you that I've created a new Birding Tools Facebook community group, so if you'd like to engage with other birders, post your bird photos or questions, and more, I'd love to see you over there. I'll be adding the link to our podcast show notes, or you can search on Facebook for the Birding Tools community. So I think there are five things that help new birders get started on their birding journey. Those are a pair of binoculars, a bird field guide, a list of the birds found wherever you're birding, knowledge about the five keys to bird identification and how to ID a bird, and connecting with other bird-loving people. Now, this process might not be for everyone, and it's totally fine if you are interested in downloading a list of the birds found in your area, for example. That's the beauty of birding, right? That we can bird how we want to and what makes us feel more fulfilled. One of the most important, I think, of these five points is connecting with your fellow birders. Of course, birding out on your own can be so relaxing and a great way to get away from the stresses of daily life. But who doesn't love doing their favorite hobby with a friend every once in a while? I asked some of our fellow birders their favorite ways to connect with other birders, and I'd love to hear from you too about whether any of these resonate with you or if your connection method isn't on this list. This is of course assuming that you're interested in even having somebody to bird with at the time or that you don't want to just go out by yourself to bird watch. Keep in mind too that other people might not necessarily be interested in having a bird watching partner, and that's okay. I talked about this in one of our previous episodes, episode four, about birding ethics and just respecting the time and space of your fellow birders. If other people don't really seem interested in being chatty while you're out birding, that's totally fine. And of course, not that I necessarily need to remind you, but we are still in the middle of a pandemic, so meeting new people or gathering in groups is obviously a challenge, but I'm going to give you some creative alternatives to connecting with people, and just keep in mind that we'll eventually be able to do things in person again, even if that's a challenge now. More than ever, connecting with each other from afar and reminding each other that we're in this together is a really huge thing. So one of the most common ways that birders have said they connect with other birders is actually just randomly at your local park or refuge. And if you've ever been walking out and about at your local park or have even gone birding there, it's probably a pretty good chance that you've seen another bird watcher finding some new birds or just enjoying the scenery. This is one of the most common ways that birders have said they meet new birders. It's pretty easy to point them out because they're the ones with the binoculars or the field guide looking out into grasslands or high up into trees. I've met some really interesting people this way and have even made new friends this way as well. If you're in an area that doesn't have as many bird watchers or if your friends aren't really into birding, it's nice knowing that you can go out with someone who can appreciate the birds just as much as you. One of my favorite ways to get started in a conversation with another birder that you don't know is to ask if they've seen anything good since they've been out or if they've been there before and know of the best spots to look for birds. This is also something you can do while you're distancing and wearing a mask. One of the other more common ways that birders have found they've really connected with other people while out birding is at birding stakeouts. Now, if you've never heard of a birding stakeout, then you're in for a real treat. When a rare bird is reported by whatever means, sometimes on local birding Facebook groups or eBird, for example, groups of birders will come together at that site of the reported bird. That's the stakeout site. 
Most of the time, stakeouts are found by word of mouth and knowledge of a general location where the target bird was last seen or heard. If the spot is already a popular birding location, don't be surprised when you roll up in your car that other birders are likely there, especially if the sighting was reported on a wider scale. In some instances at a stakeout, you'll have to be really patient to see or hear the bird in question. So don't expect to get to a location and magically see the bird there unless you're really lucky. But this is where that connection part comes in. To give you and other birders a chance to see that bird you're all waiting for, there's lots of patience and keeping really quiet to look for and see that bird. Just remember that possibly like you, the other birders there have probably spent lots of time in the car getting to that location to see that bird. So first, prioritize looking for and finding the bird. Stickouts can be really exciting for people, especially once you've actually spotted the bird and got your photos and whatnot, which is why it's a great place to meet other birders. That sense of excitement and fulfillment throughout everyone who traveled to that place to see that bird can be really palpable. Another way that birders have said they really enjoy connecting with other bird watchers is at birding festivals. While this year many birding festivals have been canceled or postponed, some are going virtual and even virtually, it's still a really great way to meet other birders. The different bird walks and talks and courses and bird meetings and camaraderie all make a really wonderful opportunity to meet other people in the birding community and really just make you feel like a larger part of the community as well. Birding festivals are popular throughout North America, and the Cornell Lab of Ornithology Birding Festival webpage, which I'll link to in the show notes, has links and information about various festivals around the world even. One of the first festivals you'll see on that list now is the Virtual Winter Raptor Fest, for example, which has a neat streaming program to learn about the ecology and behavior of different raptors, and you get to hear from some of the key players in their conservation. The great thing about these festivals going virtual is that we don't have to travel to get involved in bird things. Take some of the inspiration and excitement and apply that to your local patch and learn about other birding areas in the process. I mean, how many other times can you, quote, visit birding festivals around the world so easily? Having just finished a global big day and global birding weekend, this one's probably not going to be a very big surprise to a lot of you. But having large-scale events like the global big day is a really great way to connect with other birders as well. There's other similar events that happen also at different times of the year where they're really just these large-scale bird counting events. So one of those is the Christmas bird count in December into January and the backyard bird count in February and even the next global big day in May. Not only were there different events and activities for engaging with people over these days, weekends, or weeks, but also there are live stream events on Facebook or Instagram that are really fun for jumping in, learning new things, and connecting with new people. The Global Big Day this past weekend, for example, had people following new birders and organizations all getting out and sharing their lists and great birding finds. During the Christmas bird count, which is an annual bird census that takes place in North America in early winter, even if you're out collecting data on your own, you'll be coordinating with your local or regional Audubon Society and the individuals in that group who will also be collecting Christmas bird count data. 
This connection is also really wonderful with even events like big sits, where you sit outside in a particular location, maybe your backyard or a local patch, whichever would be most comfortable, and relax and watch and record the birds you see and hear during a fairly long time window. Sometimes it's 12 hours, sometimes it's 24 hours. This past weekend, Taiki James and Orieta Estrada were just doing this to promote the Black and Latinx Birder Scholarship Fund. I have to say, I had so much fun relaxing in my backyard logging the birds I saw in my little patch with some coffee and just listening to Taiki and Orieta chatting about bird things and interacting with them over live chat. When events like this are live on social media, you can talk back and forth and get to know each other even remotely. And that's so cool. Let's take just a quick minute to hear from Taiki and Orieta about the Black and Latinx Birder Scholarship. I'm Orieta Estrada. And I'm Taiki James. We love birds, and together we lead the Black and Latinx Birders Scholarship Fund. I need the attention of all Black and Latinx folks with the love of birds. If you're currently a full-time undergraduate student, and if you live in or attend a college or university in the District of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia, or Delaware, you should apply today. November 1st is the deadline. Yes, it's right around the corner. But we're only asking for a two-page essay two-minute video, or even a really good Twitter thread. You can have $5,000 from the birding community to support your studies. Just let us get to know you and how you plan to contribute to your birding community. See specific rules and apply at marylandbirds.org forward slash grants before November 1st. That's marylandbirds.org forward slash grants. And if you have any questions, email scholarship at marylandbirds.org. Another way that birders really like to connect with other people is by taking or going on planned birding adventures and trips. So here's something you all might not know about me. I love to plan birdwatching adventures. When my husband and I were living in Europe, we found it was really inexpensive to travel to neighboring countries within Europe, including during migration periods or eruption periods. And I'm telling you, I got pretty good at figuring out where birds are located, how to figure out which birds we really wanted to see, and the best places and times of year to see them, and it was just so much fun. Right now, it's hard to travel around, but one thing that's really important to realize is that you really don't have to go very far at all to have a birding adventure. Even walks around your neighborhood can yield something completely new and open your eyes to something you might not have seen otherwise. I mean, just the other day, I was walking around my neighborhood and I saw a Cooper's hawk try to catch a mouse and a Says Phoebe foraging in the park. It was my first Says Phoebe. So take a look at the nearby parks, refuges, preserves, wildlife conservation areas, etc., just to see what kinds of opportunities they might offer as far as a new birdwatching experience for you. A trip can be five minutes up the road, or it can be for a weekend, or even a whole week if you're doing a little road trip and maybe camping out. I know I've already planned out a couple of new places that I want to go birding this winter, specifically the Sacramento National Wildlife Refuge, which is really close by to where I live now, and that's a good place to see cranes and other waterfowl and overwintering birds that like to spend the winter in that area. So where does connection come in with this particular point? When you go somewhere new, it's always beneficial to reach out to the rangers or biologists, maybe listservs or Facebook groups for those particular locations to ask about the best places to see birds in that location or whether the time you're thinking about going there is a good time of year to see birds. That really just gets the communication going. 
And you never know, you might even find you'll randomly run into new birders there too. It's worth mentioning that if you're trying to connect with knowledgeable birders in a certain area, whether it's your local area or a new state or country, and you're not 100% familiar maybe with some of the birding spots or the different kinds of bird species that you would find in that particular location, Birding Pal is a really neat option. You can find more information about Birding Pal on their website at birdingpal.org, but they help connect you with birders in a certain area that are up to date on where to see birds at that time of year. So for $10 a year, you can get connected with other birders and go out birding with them. And this extends around the world. While there isn't any fee for going out with the birders themselves, it's really nice and greatly appreciated by them to help maybe pay for their gas or get them a coffee or lunch to thank them for their time and their experience. Again, right now we can't really do this, but if you become a Birding Pal member, you can still get in touch with and connect with those Birding Pals. And I'm not affiliated with Birding Pal in any way. I just wanted to share this platform with you all. Another really great way to connect with other birders in your area is through local bird club meetings or bird walks. Local bird clubs through Audubon societies and universities or community groups is a really good way to connect with people in your community and learn birds as well as other techniques or skills that other people often bring to those bird watching groups. There are, of course, different levels of groups where sometimes they're used as an opportunity to try and count as many birds as you possibly can in a particular area during a certain period of time. Or alternatively, they can be more for looking at a naturalist perspective to take your time and spend time more with the nature and behavioral aspect of what birds are doing and what you're actually observing. So keep this in mind when you're looking at bird walks because sometimes it's a matter of going to one just to see what it's actually like to be going out and whether you jive with that group. But don't be discouraged if you go to a walk or a group and they're doing things a little bit differently than maybe you might like. And honestly, if you're not keen on the format of a bird walk that you go on, so for example, if you really want to take the time to just sit and watch birds and learn more about bird behavior, but the local bird walk is more interested in trying to count as many birds as possible, you can even consider starting your own bird watching club or group that meets those needs. Because I can almost guarantee you that there's probably someone else that might feel the same way as you. This is also a really good time to bring up the fact that everybody is a different birder. When we talk about connecting with other people, this also often means connecting with people that have similar ways of birding, but it can also be beneficial to learn from people who might bird in a different way than you do. Just remember that everyone birds differently and you can bird your own way. And honestly, sometimes it might even depend on your mood. This is the way that I am. I mean, I can literally sit and watch a bird and take in all of its behavior in one location, sitting in one place for hours. But sometimes I really do like to do a little bit of a bird blitz and challenge myself by looking for lots of new birds at once or keeping up on my counting skills. So just keep this in mind as you're working on connecting with other birders to not put too much pressure on yourself and to bird the way that you want to be birding, even if that's just on your own, because that's a huge part of birding your own way. And finally, social media groups are a really great way to connect with other birders. There are loads of wonderful groups out there connecting with birders in different ways, and social media makes it so easy to do this virtually now. A handful of our fellow birder friends mentioned that a birds and brews gathering is a really fun and laid-back way to connect with other birders. 
Of course, we can't exactly gather like this right now, but local Audubon societies or birding clubs are now doing this virtually, where a guest speaker will come in and do a Zoom or video chat with everyone to talk about a birdie topic, and then those joining in can sit back and relax with a brew or any other drink of their own. If your local area isn't hosting these virtually, but did them in person before, maybe reach out and see if you can get one started up. I also love what Rogue Birders is doing with their Birds and Brews series as they've transitioned from having people meet up in person to doing blog posts where a beer is paired with a particular bird and bird story. I mean, how fun is that? One of my favorite posts on there pairs seeing owls with a beer called Velvet Night Moves, which is super clever in pairing and gets you thinking about some of the fun local breweries or businesses in your area that you can dedicate to the birds you're seeing. Also, there are virtual hangouts with other birders where you can still learn or talk about birdie things, like the weekly virtual wingspan live stream that Cliff Holly, aka Vermfly, hosts on Twitch. Now, Twitch is a video live streaming service, just for those of you who don't know. Oh, and if you haven't played Wingspan, this is a fun game for birders who are interested in getting into the nitty-gritty of bird ecology for birds in North America, and now more recently they've come out with a pack for Europe. But basically, you play against other players to see who can attract birds to their wildlife refuge. That's really cool. Some birders are also making a great presence on social media with live bird walks, including Jason Ward, who is a birder and naturalist and hosts the YouTube channel Birds of North America. His Instagram is a really fun one to follow since he does these virtual bird walks where he goes out and he's counting a whole bunch of birds in the morning and you can kind of follow along with him as he's going along and digiscoping and taking pictures and building his bird list as the morning goes on. And there you have it. What's your favorite way to connect with your bird-loving friends? Join me on my socials just to let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Birding Tools podcast and I hope this material was helpful to you. To access information about the websites I mentioned in the show and the show notes, visit our website at birdingtools.com. Next week, I'll be delving into facts, myths, and legends surrounding different kinds of birds. Is there even a such thing as a spooky bird, or are they all just spooky? Join me to prep for Halloween next week. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get updates on the latest Birding Tools has to offer, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening now. See you next time.